Hi listeners, Georgia here. Just a word of warning that the audio quality on this episode is quite a long way below what we would usually try and deliver. We just had various recording problems and we've ended up having to salvage this from one track. So it's not as good as we would like, but I really love this episode, so I hope you can get past the audio issues and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Crow Jam. This is the podcast where my sister and I have one hour to develop and pitch a board game concept. I'm Miriam. I'm Georgia. And we are Big Crow Games. And it's November. It is. It's November. Spooky season officially behind us. We're now deep in, what is it, like pumpkin spice season? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pumpkin spice season is on. I'm I I I'm in mourning for spooky season. So mm. ironically, I'm still looking very spooky. I've got mm. a big, you know, veil, a large black hat, mm. some silk dark coloured gloves. I'm also being very mournful, but that's because I've got so much respect for the fallen soldiers of World War One. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, November, a very mournful season. But it's also when we all have, you know, a big uh, knees up because some people tried to assassinate Parliament. Yeah, I mean, that's that's coming up very soon. Um, and if you're American, it's November when you have Thanksgiving. Has Thanksgiving already been? Oh, not quite yet, but you're right. No, it's, it's, it's going to be coming up. There's going to be pumpkin pies and, like, sweet potatoes with marshmallows. <laughs> yep, and I there, there it is. The extent of my Thanksgiving knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's totally racist, right? Pilgrim hats. American football. <laughs> All right, and with that, we've uh, we've done the month of November. So, what do we do on this podcast, Miriam? Uh, on this podcast, we like to both each bring a, an idea for a mechanic and an idea for a theme, and then we just do our best to mash those things up. Uh, uh, into a board game. Yes. So what uh, mechanic idea have you brought this week? I went fairly general. I would like a game with a mechanic that is to do with creativity maybe drawing or creative writing uh storytelling i'd i'd like a game that encourages players to do something creative love that yes i usually adore that kind of game uh and what about uh, you what mechanic did you want us to think about well, I think this pro- this probably will work fairly well. I was just thinking that our three games so far have all had like some sort of physical concept of space. Like they've all had a map or a representation of a physical area, and we should try and lean away from that. So, I guess to distill that to a mechanic, um, perhaps we should go for something. Uh, where you have like an individual player space or player thing that you're working on, but I haven't, I didn't get more specific than that. So, is the mechanic to do with there being an individual player component, or is it just sort of an absence of a representation of physical space? Is it 
sort of a movement away from map? I think, yeah, maybe more so the latter, but we can see. Obviously, you can, there are a, you know, quite a few games I like that have an individual player board, things like Sagrada and Patchwork and games like that, but um, which are also games to do with creative things. Yeah, that's um, that's true. I would call those not strictly speaking, I suppose, but abstract games. They're more abstract than basically any of the concepts we've brought to the table so far. Yeah, uh, and I suppose they're not really creative in in the sense that you were talking about, but they just have a theme that is to do with making a thing. Hmm. Uh, and on the subject of themes, what theme did you want to suggest? Uh, I'm not quite sure where this came from, but I was thinking, could we do something to do with the sky? Oh, okay. I don't, I don't see why not. I'm, I think we're really going to struggle to make this jive with the theme that I wanted to suggest. Let's hear it. Uh, I've been doing lots of Mexican cooking recently, and I wanted to make a game about burritos. Okay. <laughs> I can see it now, the game box. Burrito Sky. <laughs> Flying burrito game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm perfectly happy to uh, not make a game about burritos or maybe make a game that's only about burritos in the most abstract possible sense, you know, and that it's about containing things or wrapping things or beans. I'm sort of excited to, like, uh, to to explain like what I, what I thought of when you said that, I, I recently started working at the board game cafe, and there's a like WhatsApp chat for the game gurus, and somebody posted just a picture of all the like game pieces that have been found loose in the cafe, saying like any guesses, asking for the gurus to identify which games uh, <laughs> which games they came out of, and one of them was this tiny tiny little wooden carrot. Mm. And so, somebody, you know, sent a message saying, I think the carrot is from that French cooking game, can't remember the name. And I was like, wait, there's this French cooking game that has individual ingredient pieces? This sounds <laughs> just so good. So let me tell you where I thought you were going to go with that anecdote, which is that someone sent you a picture of a bunch of random game pieces and you thought they would make a good burrito. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, they were almost exclusively like a, you know, a flat cardboard round representation of money. Mmm, so. <laughs> cash burrito. <laughs> okay, so what we normally do before we start our one hour timer is like kick around some ways that the theme and the mechanics that we've talked about could work. And because we've been quite... I'd say our mechanic ideas in particular are very nebulous. I, I think we might need a little bit more kick around time than usual. So yeah. do you want to sort of start with thinking about the sky and thinking about uh, an absence of map? What what sort of things were you thinking? Um. I'm I'm not necessarily sure. I kind of was hoping that we just might get to explore a bit of the scope of the kind of games uh, that that are in that space that is not maps. Like 
for example, a kind of game that can be really fun is one where you're just like stacking things up, you know, mm. like balancing things on things. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, there's one called Junk Art, which I'm very fond of at the cafe, and there's one called Bow Stack, which I know I should learn because it's very popular. Kids one called Rhino Hero. <laughs> I have played a stacking game that this was a few years ago and I cannot remember at all what it was called but it was like an app enabled stacking game with these little like near field sensor sort of very geometric animals mm. uh and I mean the the app integration was kind of cool but the stacking was was really fun have you seen that like fluff ball stacking game that came out earlier this year I thought it looked really cool. You basically get like a load of pom-poms that kind of uh, like hold together by, you know, like the texture of the fluff. Uh, Static electricity kind of cling type thing or, or um, more like Velcro. Not really like either of those. More like just if you had a pile of pom-poms, they would sort of stay stuck together, right? Oh, like yeah. by being fluffy. Uh, okay, just just sort of like a, a it's, micro version of stickle bricks. It's called the fuzzies, uh, yeah. and I'm gonna send you a picture in the Discord. Give me a sec. For listeners, I'm now thinking of the Adorabers from Dragon Prince. That is a I don't know what that is, but yeah, that's no. that's what it looks like. So you can see they hold together like that, and you get this special pair of tweezers for moving them. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Um, Interesting. So this made me think that one potential way... (laughs) I think we might have possibly had a similar idea here. Yeah, the the only way that I've at least come up with so far of somehow integrating burritos in the sky is what if you just have to, like, fucking pile ingredients into your burrito, just make that thing so freaking jam-packed and that you should try and get your ingredients to reach the sky. So Okay, so we had kind of a similar idea. Mine was like, what if we, we kept with this kind of like abstract, physical, tactile thing, but instead of it being a stacking game, it's a wrapping game. So that players have like a sort of fabric tortilla and then there's a collection of maybe like oddly shaped items that are worth different points. Like uh, and and the more challenging they would be to wrap in a burrito, the more points there were. <laughs> and maybe the involvement of the sky is that you have to like wrap your burrito and then throw it to another player or something. <laughs> okay, well that's like I, I, I the inclusion of that element is pretty good for like that being the true test of whether like you've done a good job setting your things in and wrapping your burrito good, right? Yeah, it, I mean, it might be a bit, it might be a bit ludicrous, but... <laughs> you see, I mean, I love how original it is, but I, yeah, I do slightly wonder how much game there really is. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure we could get an hour-long podcast out of it, that is for sure. Here's the, here's the game, you have like a fabric circle and some shapes. <laughs> You bundle it up and yeet it. <laughs> oh, guess what it's called, Georgia? What's it called? Burrito Yito. 
<laughs> I think that's pretty good, especially because I think there might be a game called Throw Throw Burrito already now I think about it. Wait, what? Yeah, there is a game called Throw Throw Burrito where it's made by the Exploding Kittens guy. Miriam, am I allowed to be spicy on our podcast about game makers? Uh, you certainly can, especially if it's about Exploding Kittens. I don't like the Exploding Kittens guy or his games. Yeah. They're, they're stupid. They're not good games. Yeah, this is fine. I think this is reasonably accepted truth within the somewhat nerdy about games community. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so throwing, throwing burritos is out because the exploding kittens guy made a throwing burrito game, so... I need to look this up now. Cancel. <laughs> throw, throw, burrito. Okay, yes, it's a thing, I guess. Oh man, that's such a shame. I was like, we could just call it there. <laughs> <laughs> we accidentally invented someone else's game, right? Okay, that's. I mean, that's a first for us. Yeah. I feel like we might be getting into game design, so I think it's time to start the timer. Okay, I think. Well, hold on. Before we do, I feel like where I'm with you is that I I want to make some kind of tactile game. Some kind of uh, game where the objective is really to do with manipulating objects in some way. And then I don't... I I mean, with the creativity thing, do you tell me a bit more about Junk Art? Um, oh, it's super great. It's um, There are like four different colours of... Uh, pieces and it's just a load of wooden shapes of like various sort of uh, abstract shapes like there's a little tiny flower pot and a round thing and a big long pole and some more like uh, slightly more complex like abstract shapes and there's a, there's a rule book that has a set of like different sets of rules for different cities and as a game you do a little world tour where you visit three cities and there's just different rules there's a deck of cards that has like on each card an image of a certain shape in a certain color um and basically you just build things and the, in the different cities different things will score you points like you might be trying to make the tallest shape or you might be trying to be the last person to have a shape fall off their their sculpture or whatever but it's just super great and satisfying because you make these really cool looking things like you make these things that sort of look like they're actual avant-garde junk sculptures and it's just really fun so that i mean that sounds like it sort of encompasses the sense of creativity hmm. that i wanted to to include so i feel like we could make so I'm starting the timer now. Hold on, let me get my clock app open. So, yeah, I really like the idea of something that has lots of pieces that you arrange in some type of way and that maybe that's in some way sort of creatively rewarding. And then I don't mind if the theme is to do with the sky or burritos or neither. <laughs> The phrase that will will and shall be stuck in my head in the context of this is Stack them to the heavens. <laughs> I was just thinking about that the other day. Um what are some what are some things that you could do that would work for this but that isn't 
stacking. Like, stacking is fine, but there's a lot of stacking games, right? Like, you've got Jenga and all sorts of different things like that. What are some other actions you could take, if any? So, I mean, if you think from a, like, uh, a buckaroo-type perspective, or, like, Riffraff, which is another like sort of balancey type games you've got hanging things mm. on structure and trying to like keep it balanced um i guess you've got like tiddlywinks type games where there's like a flicking and trying to have accuracy oh yeah maybe like like curling or maybe trying to like hit your opponent's pieces yeah, yeah. i guess like throwing and flicking games in general have got quite a lot of potential I guess you could combine stacking with throwing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then I suppose there's uh, like a kind of uh, jigsaw puzzle type. Yeah. uh, Like, but with slightly more like chunky, more 3D elements, I guess. Like you have a certain space and you need to fit the most things in the space. So, I mean, it's actually another kind of game. I have seen one. Yeah. I mean, if if we did want to do a burrito theme, instead of the sort of facetious idea I had about, like, wrapping it, you could just have a circular player mat, an individual player mat like you were talking about, uh, that was just round and had sort of uh, tortilla scorch marks on it. And then you just had to, like, fill your burrito with the highest value things. Yeah. And not have them go off the edge at all. Like, yeah. you have a circular player mat, and then there's maybe lots of different shapes in the middle. You could maybe have, like, quite big animal shapes to represent the meat, or, like, avocado shapes to represent guacamole, and then maybe there's, like, small cubes that you can use to represent rice, but they're not worth a lot of money or something, like, not not worth a lot of points at the end. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Um, and you're yeah, just like, trying to uh, generate a high-scoring burrito. I like that. I'd like it if the like pieces themselves were kind of like um, decorated a bit themselves. I sort of because of the part, the creative part of the theme, I sort of started imagining almost like art burrito. Where you know, like your your pieces, your different shapes are also like decorated in different painterly styles or colors or whatever, and have and you you're making sort of an abstract piece that's like a a mishmash collage of those different shapes and those different like art things. <laughs> yeah, I kind of love that. Um, maybe to sort of keep the theming burrito rather than because i feel like it has a risk of going pizza right like because you're not actually going to roll it up like what if we sort of drew it from like uh the sort of world of mexican artists your diego rivera's and frida carlos and stuff or you know like you know really beautiful like mexican folk art and stuff like that like so maybe you could still keep it in the kind of food theme but draw on those kind of like artistic traditions to make something that's altogether more kind of um abstract or even a little surreal 
This would be such a cool looking game. Have you ever played Number Nine? Or mm. it might just be called Nine. I haven't. That's actually a game which has like a sort of building element. Um, and I, I was just thinking about this because I was wondering whether you could have like more than one layer of like tessellating shapes in your burrito. Like you could do one layer and score it and then perhaps there could be some kind of like bonus or penalty and then you do a second layer on top. Mm. I don't know no. why that would be a thing, but I was just thinking about it. I think it would be cool because it just uh, it allows for more gameplay and again it's kind of more burrito-y like a seven layer burrito is a thing um so yeah like i quite like the idea and i wonder if it's something that could work maybe with like with there being different rounds and maybe different pieces come into play in different rounds i was thinking about there being kind of a tessellation challenge to it like that you want to fit things in efficiently so maybe you know there's like a big piece you can take but then that's going to affect what you can fit nearby yeah this is sounding fun already like i totally play this game so maybe there's like i don't presumably there's there's one quite near to where you work so you've been to like a burrito bar in your life where like you go from one end and they ask you, they give you your rice and then they ask you what beans you want and then they ask you what meat you want and then it's what salsa, do you want cheese, guac, sour cream? Mm-hmm. So you could kind of maybe have three rounds, kind of like your base, your meat and your extras. Yeah. Um, and maybe those are indicated by pieces that have different colour schemes. So they're not, you know, solid one colour to keep more art in them. But your rice layers, white and green, to represent kind of Mexican rice, and then your fillings layer is like oranges, reds, and yellows. And then your toppings layer is, I, I don't know, I guess <laughs> there's not a lot of food colours left. Blue. <laughs> yeah, blue salsa. But you know what I mean? Like, uh, it so that they you sort of build those layers up but they're still quite they're distinct from round to round yeah uh uh i'm into this if we made the the pieces kind of thick ish say like half a centimeter thick kind of wooden blocks you could maybe have a rule where each layer has to fully support the layer above. So you mm-hmm. you couldn't have something sort of fall off the edge of layer two onto the wrap. Yeah. And then, and if it did, then it would be discounted. So that would add to like the stacking element of the challenge and also encourage you to be efficient in your placement of the other things. Yeah. That's sort of, um, that, that's part of the uh, mechanic in number nine you have like um like square pieces in different shapes representing the numbers zero to nine and you you have so you could you do you do like you build on on layers but if you put anything on the layer above every like 
space underneath that shape has to be full but everything on layer one stores like twice as much as everything on layer zero and vice versa and like so on okay yeah that makes sense which might not we wouldn't necessarily want to do exactly the same scoring but it's the challenge is filling enough space and scoring uh and also like making sure that you're able to support the layers above yeah so i was thinking about this like about the different types of pieces and i was imagining maybe like maybe there's just three or four different sizes of shape to start off with so you have like very small small medium large maybe even very large as well and they're worth different numbers of points but you don't get to just grab them maybe something you have to do something in order to choose the pieces on your turn I was kind of thinking maybe you roll two dice and then you can take pieces worth up to that number of points but then it becomes a bit more of a luck thing but I like the idea of being able to choose between taking like a five point piece or a two and a three mm-hmm. I guess it could be a if you if we weren't using dice then it could be more of a draft situation where like you know in for for one turn player one gets first dibs between six pieces or whatever and then player two gets to choose next um i wonder how interesting that would be strategically because presumably it's like it's likely that player one would choose the highest value piece it is but then i guess as play continues you're more concerned with like is this piece gonna fit yeah that's true there's also the option of just pulling out of a bag or yeah. um yeah i mean it's it's true like if you choose a big piece then the penalty should be that it's harder to fit anything else around it but yeah that was kind of the that was the problem that i wanted to solve next basically is settle on how the pieces came to be, come to be in your possession and subsequently in your burrito. Yeah. Should we try and fit it to the fiction theme? What 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 system would make the most sense in I guess perhaps perhaps like a more random system makes more sense in, in that it's like this is what the customer's asking you for? Yeah, or this is just kinda of like what you grab. Like so in that case a draw bag would be best maybe yeah draw bag makes sense i think and maybe i mean a draw bag is kind of cool in that like maybe then the the score isn't strictly tied to size but maybe more tied to like complexity of shape yeah and it could be that like you said there there could be three rounds like maybe the like rice pieces stay in the bag around two but you add the you know like main like the protein pieces to the bag and so then there's a chance that you're going to grab a piece that is like of the lower scoring oh yeah 
I mean, it could just all be in together, but like maybe there's a scoring bonus for having three layers or something, like you were talking about with nine. Hmm. Like having your layers separated by color is worth something. Um, I I quite like. I can't think of anything where, like, you would sort of add pieces in stages like that. So I quite like it. Add pieces in stages. You mean, like, round one is where you only... So, like... On your, on your bottom layer, or...? I mean, where, like, you have a grab bag, but the contents of the grab bag evolves over time. And not just by there being fewer pieces in there. Uh-huh. Like, I, I can't think of something else that does that. Normally, the goal of the grab bag is to kind of... Uh, limit what you would draw out of it as play continues. Yeah. But this is a grab bag that becomes more complex. Mm-hmm. And it potentially... I have played one thing, which is Quacks of Quedlinburg, but is very different in almost <laughs> every way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it, it could just be fun in that, like, it would be possible to draw something that you'd immediately have to discard. Perhaps there's an element of, like, you of like players getting to choose what goes in on the next oh like that could be a separate part of play maybe like like maybe all the pieces are laid out to start off with and everyone you do a draft first but the draft just fills the bag and then you do that on subsequent rounds so it's kind of like you're in the kitchen prepping your your burrito ingredients as well as out front wrapping burritos okay yeah we might want to make that like i like the idea of that we might want there to be like a more explicit uh reward for that stage of the game that's not just you might get a chance to draw it yeah yeah might need to think about that a bit more I quite like that idea because I think it would make each game a bit more different and would maybe also enable a game to scale to different numbers of players. Mm. Um, and I mean, it could be that the draft doesn't have to take very long. Um, maybe it's just like... I don't, I don't know how to put the idea that I'm having, but it's it's less like you choose players choose what goes in the bag and more like they choose to discard certain things before they go in the bag so maybe you draw a certain number of shapes and each player chooses one that doesn't go in there or something okay yeah that would happen quite quickly and would still have like the little bit of strategic value um yeah and that especially if you were watching what your opponent was doing maybe um mm-hmm. could we also have maybe types of scoring bonus that are to do with possible deliciousness or creativity in some way you know like if there were different protein shapes you know could you get points for them all being of i don't know like all beef or whatever (laughs) (laughs) or maybe like maybe there's bonus points available for having all the same type of protein and then there's also a bonus point possible if you have each all three types or something like that that's 
tricky in a game where what you're placing is randomly allocated, I feel. That's true. Like, it's... Hmm. You can't necessarily build towards a strategy. Yeah, and so then it might feel not very satisfying to to receive either receive or not be the recipient of a bonus that didn't really what if what if we scratched the the draw bag and did like a you know like everything is seen on the table and you can choose but maybe when you so the the pieces for that round are, are laid out on the table, but maybe whenever you choose a piece to take, you also choose a piece to discard or something like that. Mm-hmm. That would give you more power over what you were doing and more power over what your opponents would and could do. And it would also make for a game that really like maximised the number of pieces. Mm-hmm. Like You could have lots and lots of fun you know, like these these fun sort of arty, colourful, designy shapes are really what's speaking to me about this, and I'm yeah. literally imagining them being like quite figurative. So not like represent, not like brown cube to represent chunk of beef, but you know maybe like this really sort of beautiful Mexican folk art style cow shape, or a cow skull, or you know other things to do with hmm. with that you know uh, like a saddle or something like yeah. these shapes that are to do with animals um and so you could yeah. really like have loads of those in play in all different shapes and sizes it could be maybe that um there's with the three rounds that that have the three layers potentially assuming you have like three plus players i guess you could just have players take a vote on like somebody to win a trophy each round for just whose layer currently looks the coolest yeah that i think that could that could be a, maybe just something that you build into a game with more than two players hmm so i when I was first imagining this game, I was imagining it at a fairly large scale that your player board would be, you know, like tortilla sized. So let's say 10 inches, um, which obviously would then either make the pieces big or make them be lots of them. But the more I think about it, the more I think I quite like this as a bit of a smaller scale game where instead of any of the pieces being particularly large, there's just lots of them. and And the biggest ones... Uh, are you know three or four inches so they're still tricky it would still be hard to fit more than three of them on one layer mm-hmm. but it's a bit more diddy okay so the the actual player board would be what kind of like a like a small like yeah kind of ta- plate size ta- taco size like six six inches maybe okay yeah maybe even a little less i'm looking at my own hand span which is probably not much more than five inches because I have small hands. Yeah. That and, feels like a good size to me. Yeah, and then I feel like you could have, you know, I'm thinking of sort of like the little wooden pieces, you know, like game, sort of like meeples up to the size of a big meeple. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, like all decorative pe- like pieces 
that are super creative and beautiful, but just in distinct colour themes for the different layers of the burrito. And Yeah. This sounds, this sounds awesome. I've never been so happy with an idea for one of our games so early in I know, yeah, we're only um twenty five minutes into the actual sort of workshopping of the idea, although we're a bit further into the episode proper. I feel like the part that needs I feel like the theming is there and I feel like we both have quite a strong idea of this game in its sort of look and feel. Mm-hmm. We need to work out what scoring is. Yes. Then uh, um, I guess do a sort of worked example of of play. Yeah. So I think that it makes sense for pieces to have different scores in order to make grabbing them or grabbing them or discarding them more valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it also makes sense for the different layers to have different scores, either just in the sense of everything that's on your third layer is worth three times as much as stuff on your first layer, or that pieces that are assigned to that layer have higher points values. So, you know, your white pieces that represent your rice are scores one, two, or three, but when you get to your green pieces that represent your guac... They score three, four, or five, or something like that. Yeah. Can I pitch an idea that's in my head? I, d- I, I don't think it's a, a better way of scoring, but it's just something that's in, in there. I was imagining what if your like player board had, um, like a matrix of dots or something on it, and, uh. So when you build up your first layer, you just subtract points for the number of dots that you can still see. Okay. And then I guess for the for the secondary and tertiary layers, like there would have to be also some some kind of symbol or dot or, or something on the pieces on the layer layer below, so that you could continue that system. Um, I I quite like it. And I think you could do something with it, you know, because your mat is a tortilla and tortillas have dots on them. Uh, yeah. So I think you could do something that was kind of stylized with it and cute. Um, it might mess with our very visual, like very um, stylized art type. Or it might not. What if the higher scoring pieces on each layer except for the top just have a special symbol on them that has to be covered? And if you fail to cover it, then you're losing points. Okay, um, but they, but the symbol itself also denotes a point, a point score. I think that the point score would be separate. Or, okay. ooh, or what if it didn't? What if they had, you know, one, two, or three little skulls on them, or something? Mm-hmm. And you, you'd have to cover those up to knock them out. Yeah, that makes sense right like you could because you score each round at the end of each round yeah so so after round one you've like you're you're counting the little like symbols that you have and you're subtracting any dots 
that's on your tortilla that you can still see. Yes. And after round two, you're scoring, you're scoring the like little symbols that you have on your second layer, subtracting any any from your first layer that you can see. Yeah, I think like making sure that that made sense in the written rules would take some careful writing, but I think as an idea, it completely works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think that's like elegant, and it would mean that we didn't have to include any writing or numbers in any of the design quite interesting scoring design as well like yeah hmm. okay all right so should we try doing a worked example of play which is something we like to do when we think we've got the idea fairly strongly defined yeah so it's round one we both have empty player boards and we have a load of pieces on the table in front of us which are all like layer one pieces they're rice pieces yes and on each of our player boards there's a certain number of symbols for some reason my mind says six um okay that need covering up uh in order to not be subtracted from the points so your your player one and you get first choice of a piece and you also get first choice of a piece to discard yeah so I guess I don't fully know exactly what these like rice pieces are going to look like. They're smaller, I think, than some of the pieces that are going to come up in subsequent rounds. Yeah. I'd... Maybe some of them are larger. Yeah. Maybe there are just larger pieces that represent like slightly clump. Yeah, a, a clump of rice. That's exactly what I was imagining. And maybe okay. it's more like in round one the percentage of larger pieces is lower than in round two and then again in round three yeah sure so if i'm player one i take a largish piece that like just eyeballing it i think i can place it in my mat in a place where it's going to cover one of my spots and the piece has like a nice kind of um you know like uh what's the word i'm looking for like one of those nice like printed patterns mm. um from like traditional mexican textile art uh and i also discard another piece of sim- similar size in the hope that you won't be able to use it uh and the piece that you've chosen will say like is a higher scoring piece so it has three marks on it that you would need to cover next time yeah so I try and fit it um, onto my onto my player board, like such that I am covering one of my spots, but I also don't have too awkward of an angle for placing things later. And what you've done there then is turn what a minor you've turned a potential minus one in this round into a potential minus three in the next round. So there's like yeah. a ramping difficulty thing that's going to happen here. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I have to say, I was imagining there being more dots on the player board originally. Okay. But that's something that we'll hopefully be able to work out through this worked example. Yeah, it could be that it needs to be more. But I quite like the idea of the possible number of spots increasing. Mm. Um, And also, I think there should be fewer pieces picked up in each round. We'll work this out in a bit, but like... How many times does each of us get to pick 
for layer one. Yeah, I mean, it could just be until nobody can place, although then that, that sort of, that levels out things a bit, I guess, because once one person can no longer place, the other person still gets to. Yeah, and also, like, if we've both filled our circles, then there's probably likely to be fewer dots showing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. It's your turn. It's my turn. So the two biggest pieces are probably out of the mix now. So I would pick up, a, you know, a, a medium-sized piece, what we'd think of as maybe like a two-pointer, but that's maybe it's got like a longer, more wiggly shape, and I think if I place it carefully, I may, might be able to get it over two dots. Um, so it's not got like a big surface area, but because of how wiggly it is, I think I might be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm going to discard a, a piece that I think looks like it would fit well with the angle that you've left for yourself. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel like we would repeat this a set number of times. Could it be... Hmm. I guess maybe, like, for the first round, it could be, like, twice the number of the the dots that are on the player board. Okay, yeah. Does that make sense? What if it was equal to the number of dots on the player board? If we're thinking of having more than six... Yeah. Um, In the case that it was six, I think you would want more than six turns, especially given that, like, round one pieces are smaller, but... Yeah. Um, yes, I agree. Uh, and even if you can't place, you might still take a piece and discard a piece, right? Because then, even if you can't fit it onto your burrito, you're still depriving your opponent. Okay, yeah. So it it makes sense that you might still draw even if you're even if you're not in a position to add anything to your burrito. Yeah. With there being a set number of turns, that does kind of uh, like reinforce that a larger piece is always is almost always more desirable, right? Like if we're saying that larger pieces are worth more points and they cover more space, and you only have a set number of turns with which to place, you're almost always going to want to try and get the bigger piece. Yeah, maybe we don't need size to correlate directly to point value. Like, a smaller piece with two, say, with two dots on it, so it would be worth two points, if it was smaller, would actually be way more valuable to you, not only because you get more points from it this round, but also because it would be easier to cover both of them the next round. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. So you could have big pieces that have three, let's say, but they're more spread out, or a big piece that has one, but its value is that it covers up a lot of dots on your player board. Mm -hmm. So there's... Maybe it's just more way more random than I was initially thinking. Yeah, that's something that could definitely be like mathematically balanced to an extent. 
And I think um, it adds a bit more of an interesting wrinkle in terms of like, do you want to try and reduce the number of points you lose or maximise the number of points you gain and yeah. sort of invest in an easier round the next round? Yeah. And the number of like turns per round could, could just be a, a sort of something we deliberately calculated as a function of like average area of piece and area of player board, right? Yeah, yeah, to make it kind of relatively fair. It, I feel like it'd be quite good if, you know, you want to feel like you got to do a fair bit of jigsawing stuff together. I think it would feel disappointing if you only got to do three, but it would potentially be boring if you had to do nine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My instinct says it's a number between three and nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, well, that all makes good sense to me. Um, I think we'd want to think about different ways that people might try and not do it right. Like, I think it would have to be a rule that the pieces would have to be on their their flat side. Like, they'd be... I imagine them being painted or printed both sides, and okay, yeah. and that those would have to be face up. I w oh, what if you had to, like, if if you could use them either way up, you could potentially have different numbers of dots on each side, so it could be one where it would be tricky to fit it oriented one way, well, I mean, obviously they'd be equally easy to fit on an empty tortilla, but the more you filled it up the more you might have to choose between actually being able to get it inside your circle or the more valuable point side up. Yeah. Things like that. That's not something we would be able to... We couldn't control for it, no. Know in advance which side would be easier, so... But, yeah, it could just be... It could just be an interesting extra wrinkle, possibly. Not something that we can, like, control for, but something that changes the game a bit. Um... I just hadn't really thought about the pieces having two sides until now. Yeah. I think uh, it, I think making the pieces quite awkwardly shaped as much as possible, especially the bigger ones, is like a, a high priority for me. It should be tricky to get more than more than two or three big ones on your tortilla, and then you have to start filling gaps. Yeah. And filling the gaps should be tricky, I think. Yeah. A piece definitely shouldn't count if it goes outside of the bounds of the player mat. No, well, I kind of, I, I've sort of been imagining almost like a, a dish, like that there are like hard bounds. Oh, okay, interesting. I was definitely imagining, just because of, because I'm so extra on design stuff like this, I was imagining like a fabric mat that was actually like embroidered with the different the little marks that you want to cover up. Ah, yeah, that's really nice. Um, and I also I was thinking like on your on your rice layer, it shouldn't exceed the bounds of the player mat. But if you can balance on your protein layer without it falling down. I don't think there should be a penalty for that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Mm. No, I feel like I feel like it should stay. In, otherwise, how are you going to get it in your burrito? This is madness. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, and I just want it to, I don't know. I guess it just feels messy to me if there's like cow legs sticking out. <laughs> yeah, I I agree actually. Okay, cool. Um, Hope- so scoring would be as described. So it's a combined function of you add, you count up the number of dots on the layer you've just placed, and you subtract the number of dots still visible on the layer below when viewed from above. I guess there'd probably have to be a little bit of um, adjudication on what constitutes a dot being visible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's something that players can figure out between themselves. Yeah. Uh, and then you write down your score for each round, add up your score at the end, the player with the best score wins. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it seems like a relatively simple but very appealing game. Yeah, and we could potentially have the little like artist, artism, artistism, uh, bonus for like if people want to vote on each other's like, um, like each other's burritos. How visually appealing they are. It's just nice. It's just always nice to like know that the thing you've done is satisfying. Yeah. Like, even just playing patchwork to know that like you've got a nice colour scheme or you've filled in a lot of the area. Now that piece selection is intentional instead of random, do we want to revisit the idea of there being bonus points available for doing particular things on particular layers? Or is that putting a hat on a hat? (laughs) Putting a Mexican hat on a Mexican hat? Um, Yeah, I definitely don't think that it needs it. And I guess I sort of imagine that, uh, at least from, uh, like, at the moment we have a game that has quite a lot of tactical variety in it, and if you were aiming for something particular, like having three particular pieces, it might be that that, like, uh, created slightly more sameness. Like, I'm sure it wouldn't be exactly the same every time, but there might just be a particular way that those three pieces tended to fit together it's true it also the other way allows for there to be much more abstraction and and randomness and weirdness in the shapes that are available like if it doesn't have to map to cow chicken avocado and it can in fact just be anything that's kind of cooler to me Mm -hmm. so we've got about 15 minutes left on game time um, so which normally is around the time we start thinking about name, uh, sort of brand identity. I feel like we've got a visual identity very clearly staked out for this one. It's definitely really inspired by Mexican textile, Mexican folk art. You know, I, I, if I were making or commissioning this game, I would definitely want to work with Mexican creators specifically to make sure that it was something that was done with like a lot of style, uh, but still, you know, like firmly within traditions, not just a couple of white English girls' idea of what Mexican stuff looks like. Um, And I think that that could be achieved with like a really, really vibrant, but relatively limited color palette. Like, so that it was all sort of very print feeling. And maybe it's sort of limited to 
seven or eight colours, but just used really, like, boldly. Uh, I love how tactical this, how tactile, sorry, this game has ended up feeling. You know, I'm imagining, like, chunky wooden pieces and, like, embroidered fabric player mats, and it just feels... You know, I, it feels like a game you could package in a fabric bag, and I and I love the way that feels. I love any game that has like a material component, like a textile component. Yeah, so it just feels uh, like I love. I feel like I really like where we've gone with the the visual identity, but I think it really needs a name. Hmm. And I don't want it to be something that's too kind of, um, I don't know. I I don't, I don't want it to be something that's too basic. I want it to feel, because this feels like quite a a tasteful game to me. Pun yeah, pun I not see. intended. Because <laughs> <laughs> our our track record for game names is good. I feel, but it is quite like heavily wordplay. Yeah, I mean, um, we both we both love to wordplay. And there's nothing wrong with that. I not want that with this game. Or or at least for it to not be too, like, whimsical and cheesy. Yeah. I'm not intended. Because <laughs> normally I like my burritos to be pretty cheesy, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, okay, well, I'm doing a... Uh, I'm, I'm just doing a really classic move and having a look at the Wikipedia page on burrito to see things like where was it invented and things like that to see if there's not like you know a a regional name or something we could give it history of burrito yeah i don't have ideas because my brain only knows how to do puns uh (laughs) i mean there's some we're gonna have to uh we might just have to come back to this but there's I would say that a a cool direction to go if we were sticking with this quite sort of like trad Mexican folk art inspired thing would be to have a name that was the name of a region or the name of a place or something like that that um related to the to the cuisine so yeah uh, I think that seems like a way to go that's um, like cool and not punny, which is different from what we usually do and keeps in keeping with the idea of this is almost like a design game. Like, mm. you know, I can I can see the like I say, I actually see the packaging as kind of like a a game that once it's out of the box, you would keep in a bag and it being in like a really nice sort of woven textile bag. But the packaging being really like bold and graphic so yeah well we're coming in a little under time here but i just feel like we we sort of after a slow start really hit what it was that we wanted to do and we nailed it georgia well let's let's revisit what we set out to do um you wanted to make a game that didn't have a map and that had individual player boards i wanted to make a game that had an element of creativity. So I feel like we leaned more towards your um more more towards yours but incorporated both of those. Yeah, big kick for those I think. 
And then you wanted to make a game that was maybe about the sky, which I think this is the first time we've really just completely whiffed on including any element of a suggestion. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I wanted to make a game that was about burritos, and we sure did. <laughs> <laughs> we really did. I mean, between our two themes, it, th- this town was not big enough for both of them. The sky was not big enough for this burrito. Um, so, yeah, I'm really happy with what we came up with. I feel like every month we end up with something that's really, really different from what we yeah. did the month before. And there's always varying degrees to which it's a fully rounded out idea. But I'd say this one is on a par with some of our most finished ideas. Yeah, it's um, obviously we caps we actually managed to make into a, a print and play game. But I think we pretty much have every element of this game, uh, you know, done besides the name in terms of what it would look like and how it would play. And really different to everything we've done before and feels very like a game I would really want to get my hands on. Yeah, I totally agree. If I saw it at a at a shop or a cafe, I, w- I think I would be drawn to something like that. Uh, it really includes elements of things that I like, especially being more of a designer game. I love seeing um, a game where it's been really driven by the aesthetic, but not at the cost of it being fun to play you know what I mean like I think you can make a game that's very simple and accessible to a whole family but also make a really beautiful object and uh, this has the feeling of something like that yeah man Uh, so cool cool indeed Uh, another good game jam in in the bank we're, get, we're getting really good at this. We don't even need the full hour. Sometimes we need the full hour. <laughs> yeah. I mean, our previous games have just needed a lot. They've just been... They've had more tactical kind of complexity that needed the extra time sort of running through. Yeah. Um, but it also helped, I, th- I think, us complete this one in record time that it, like had uh, a visual identity so early on mm. that we didn't need we didn't end up straying too far from from like idea to idea because we knew what we were heading towards. I think if we were going to publish this under the Big Crow umbrella, one of the things we could do would be include a piece that was a crow. Yeah. That would just be like, you know, not anything that's a big deal or not like more important than the other pieces or anything, but you know, whoever the publisher was for this game, if they wanted to incorporate their um, identifying image into it, you could do that in a way that would just be really, like, cool and subtle and just a little, you know, one one for the super fans. <laughs> yeah, for example, if we were big potato games. <laughs> it would be so, so easy to incorporate a big potato into that burrito, making it a California-style burrito. <laughs> I think it would also be fun to have some of the shapes have like holes in them, like donuts and stuff like that, to oh, yeah. create additional challenge. Yeah. Uh, and I you could even thought of that. maybe even fit another piece inside and things like that. So yeah, well, that is, we still haven't really figured out how we end this one, have we? No. 
This uh, this was us. Uh, this was Crow Jam. Join us next, next month, month for another one. Caw-caw! Caw-caw! <laughs>